Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. <laughs> it is dead summer. Are you so excited it's dead summer? Yes. It's hot as biggity balls. <laughs> <laughs> I had the biggity in there for some reason. <laughs> I was just listening to the song No Diggity today in carpool. Oh. And Sorry Miss Jackson. Oh, that's a good song. I know it is. That's one of my <laughs> favorite. Yeah. No you Diggity know, is pretty good too, just because it's like you can really bob your head to that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I can bob my head to any like hip hop from like the 90s or whatever, mm-hmm. like 2000s too. Like, yeah, yeah. My, it was 2000s. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> In any it's of all them. running together now. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. So, you know, my friend, Kelly. She's turning 40 or did turn 40. And we use the hashtag, um, I'm 40, Miss Jackson. Oh, yes. <laughs> Love. <laughs> we had like sunglasses that had them on them and T-shirts that we got made. <laughs> and I saw the T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. But anyway, so that was just a side note since you brought up that song. So, Well, I um, thought of her actually. I almost sent her a message. <laughs> yeah. She likes that song. For Happy me. birthday, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. What's going so on in your oh. world? How are things? Things are good. You know, kids are home and more. I mean, because they were home for a little bit over quarantine and stuff like that, but then they went back to school and now it's summer and they're home and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff everywhere all the time and lights. That get left on. Do you have the light issue in your house? Just one, just their bathroom light. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. Same, same. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, Langdon light leaves his bedroom light on a lot too, but he just leaves every light on. Anytime he walks into any room, he leaves all the lights on. Mm. Um, so I'm constantly following him around. But their bathroom light is literally nonstop. Like go to bed and it's off. But then I wake up and it's on because somebody got up in the middle of the night and turned it on and just walked out. Like who whatever. does that anyways? Well, they all do apparently. And it just annoys <laughs> it annoys me, but it annoys Emery big time. Like he's constantly like he'll come home from work and he'll go upstairs to change and he'll just be like, Thanks for leaving your light on. And he'll just be walking down the hallway, like slapping the light switches off. Agreed. I am yeah. with him. So I, I, I took back control and I took Ooh. their light switch out in their bathroom and replaced it with a timer switch. So after <laughs> three minutes or whatever, five minutes, it goes off. <laughs> so smart. So smart. I think I want to replace a majority of my, now that I did it. Exactly. That seems like in your closet, you know, you could do that. So it's only motion. That's a smart idea. Yeah. And it also has the fan thing. So like the fan will turn on when it gets to a certain humidity and it will turn off when it gets down, back down. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I did that. Fancy. (laughs) You did it. Did you do it yourself, MacGyver? I did do it myself. And it was a little bit more confusing than some of the other jobs that I've done that, you know, I'm proud to say. I actually, when I finished, I said, well, maybe there may be a fire in the wall one day because there was a couple wires that I was like, I don't know what to do with these. So I'm just going to shove them back. (laughs) (laughs) But the light switch works and the fan works. So it all worked when I turned the electricity back on. So win. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, gonna keep, I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed on that. 
<laughs> for you. But Thank that's you. a great idea. That's a pro tip. Pro mm-hmm. mom tip. I'm mom one into it. <laughs> exactly. Although not today. Not today. Yeah, not today. Except it probably was actually kids 715 mom one because yeah. really like <laughs> they had left the light on so many times before. <laughs> but your win is eternal. Yes. Now. Exactly. Well, until your house burns down. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That may still be a win because you can't turn a light on when you don't got a light switch. <laughs> no Remind me of that when it the light on. <laughs> oh, screw That's not going to happen because we don't even need to put that in the universe. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. So you're good? You good over there too? I'm good over here too. Just trucking right. along. I'm just going to be turning off light switches for the foreseeable future, but I may, I may look up this, yeah, this contraption of yours and hire someone to put it in for me. Yeah. It's probably, I, w- I mean, I would probably suggest that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, until my house burns down and we have that crime to talk about, do you have any other crimes to talk about? I may just have a crime for you. All right. This case is another listener suggestion. Because I feel like that's all they stop. are lately. We can't stop. <laughs> well, maybe a couple of them ago was like I I think I randomly picked one that wasn't a couple of weeks ago just because I was like, I need to do one that I wanted to do. <laughs> when I went sat down to research this case, I said to myself, I am going to pick a case that I want to do, something I want to cover. And I went to my list and I was reading every all the names on my list. And this case came up and I was like, well, let me just Google this real quick. And it takes place in a town called Wetumpka, Alabama. And so I saw that name and was like, well, let me just read some more. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know about Wetumpka. Yeah. So this is from my childhood friend, Candace who is a really sweet supporter of us. We love her. So thank you for this case. And it was a winner. I saw Wetumpka and had to know more. (laughs) Wetumpka is a town that's in Elmore County in Alabama. It's small, no surprise. And it's like 25 miles from Montgomery, Alabama, Mm. which was the next biggest city that I could find. But Montgomery is not very big either. This town was featured just recently on the HGTV show Hometown Takeover. Have you ever heard of that show? It's Ben and Aaron Napier. Yeah, you've probably heard of them. And they featured this town, Wetumpka. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like a very sweet town. I watched a little bit of it, so Hmm. their, their episode on it. But anyway, this is the story of the also very sweet Anna Catherine Cardwell. Anna Catherine was born June 18, 1991, to her parents, Joe and Paula Cardwell, in Wetumpka. And she had one older brother named Lyle. And yes, I will be saying that name over and over again because it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I'm just say it as many times. how many times Beth says Never going to get to say it again <laughs> in my life, probably. So Wetumpka, Wetumpka, Wetumpka. Anna was very popular and outgoing. She was friendly. She had a great group of girlfriends that she spent a lot of time with and was very loyal to. And she had dated several boys throughout her life. She was one of the type of girls that she would date a boy and they would break up, but she would stay friends with them after they broke up. So everything was always very amicable. She really just wanted to have good people around her and be happy and get along with people. Her family lived on a 13 acre piece of property and her house was 
known as the hangout house. Mm. Her friends would all come there. They would ride four-wheelers. They rode horses. They had bonfires. So on this big piece of, like, farmland. So her family's living dream, my right? dream, basically. Yes, I, I think just- that's <laughs> all the pictures I looked at. I was like, I love that. I love that building. I love that barn. Look at that field. Yes, it's like our farm. Anna was one of the first people in her friend group to get her driver's license, and her parents bought her a Honda Civic that she named Rhonda the Honda. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so cute. First car I ever bought was a Honda Civic, too. I love those things, and that is very cute. I would never Rhonda the clever. Honda. <laughs> <laughs> we used to name cars, too, when I was in high school. I didn't. Oh, So Anna graduated from high school in 2010 and went to Southern Union Junior College in Wadley, Alabama. Mm. Wadley. I don't Mm -hmm. know which one. Okay. Which is a bit over an hour away. She lived on campus for a year, but then she decided that she missed home and she missed her group of friends. So she moved back in with her parents in Wetumpka (laughs) and just commuted to college. I told you every time I can. One of her friends was dating this boy named Josh. He was a few years older than the rest of him, and they would all hang out together on her farm. He would occasionally buy them beer and cigarettes. So normal teenage shenanigans, but she was a very good girl, and her group of friends were really sweet. I watched a documentary about this case on Investigation Discovery, And let me just say that it was a real pleasure listening to these (laughs) Alabama Southern accents. (laughs) I'm a sucker for an accent and I really loved it. They were so cute. All the little kids, like the teenage kids that they interviewed and her family and just really cute. Mm -hmm. They sound like they're from Wetumpka. (laughs) Every time you say it, it sounds like you're from there. I've been really excited all week. There were a lot of home videos of Anna and her family and even some videos that she had made with her friends. So I saw her quite a bit Mm -hmm. and she probably has one of the most amazing laughs that I have ever heard. It is so infectious and sweet and very, she's just very full of life. I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed watching her and learning about her and her family and friends. So now that I've said all that sweet stuff, we're at the part that we all knew was coming where things go bad. So it's February 2012. Anna Catherine is 20 years old and a sophomore in college, and she had been casually seeing a new boy named Nate. Nate and Anna had been talking for about a month, and on Valentine's Day of 2020, Nate came over to Anna's house to celebrate, and the two of them that night had decided that they were officially going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, they're going steady. That's right. (laughs) So, will you be my girlfriend? So, Nate stayed pretty late until around 2 a.m., and then he went home And they exchanged a few texts back and forth after he left. Very sweet text. I miss you already. They were talking about how happy they were that they had taken the next step in their new relationship. The next morning, February 15th, at around 9 o'clock, Paula, Anna's mom, went in to check on her. And she was still asleep, so she didn't wake her. And she kind of shut the door quietly and left to go run some errands. She came back home about an hour later, and as she was pulling in the driveway, she noticed that Anna's car was missing. Rhonda the Honda. Where's Rhonda the Honda? She's not here. 
So she thought that was kind of weird that Anna had woken up and left in just a matter of, you know, 45, 50 minutes and not called her mom to tell her where she was going or check in or let her know her plans for the day. I guess that was usual of Anna to do. Mm-hmm. So she called Anna's cell phone and she just got her voicemail. So she just got her stuff and went on into the house. While she was going in the house, Paula immediately noticed blood. Blood everywhere. Oh, gosh. Everywhere. There was everywhere. Smears and spatters on the floor, on the walls, on the door. She saw bloody handprints, bloody footprints. So she's following this blood trail, which led her into the kitchen. And when she got into the kitchen, Paula found Anna Catherine laying face down on the kitchen floor in a pool of blood. Oh, my goodness. Anna had been shot in the head. (gasps) Paula calls 911, and you can listen to the 911 call, and I did, and it's heartbreaking. She is hysterical. She's crying. It's awful. I was telling my husband about this 911 call because she... You can tell as she's talking to the 911 dispatcher that she is processing what is going on. So she initially calls and says, something's happened to my daughter. There's blood everywhere. We need help. And then she goes on to say, oh my gosh, she's dead. My daughter's dead. And then even a little after, who would have done this to her? Who would have wanted to have hurt her? So she's literally processing what is going on during the call and it is gut-wrenchingly terrible. Oh, man. So the police and first responders come, and Anna Catherine is pronounced dead. Of course, this is immediately ruled a homicide. The police find no forced entry. And other than the huge amounts of blood everywhere that they find, the house is relatively undisturbed. So it's gross. There's blood everywhere, but there's no struggles. There's nothing broken. They don't find anyone in the home. They search the property everywhere on the property. They search all the buildings, the barns, the woods, the fields. There's no sign of anyone. They don't find a gun. They can't find the murder weapon anywhere. The family did own a gun, but it was upstairs in a master bedroom and it was secured and hadn't been fired. So it Mm. wasn't taken out or anything like that. So it's ruled out as the murder weapon. The police do find multiple shell casings that they take into evidence, and then they just begin to put together what happened. They start to try to figure out what happened. Again, there's nothing stolen from the home. There's nothing really disturbed or missing except for Rhonda the Honda. And his car is missing. It's gone. So that's very strange. So they immediately issue a be on the lookout for the car. And in the meantime, they begin processing the crime scene to try to figure out what exactly happened to this poor 20-year-old girl. And we will get into what they find right after this break. So there are no close neighbors or people near the home that would have seen or heard anything or anyone coming and going. No one's there to hear a gunshot or anything like that. And it's a very short amount of time, right? Yeah, she was gone. She left at around 9 o'clock, and it says that she came back within an hour. So not quite even 10 o'clock. So from 9 to, say, 9.50, something Mm -hmm. like that. There were blood spatters and bullet holes all along the hallway of the house leading from the front door to the back door. There was a large pool of blood by the back door 
along with blood smears and handprints on the back door frame and the door and the wall right in that area. So a large amount of blood is located at the back door. Does she only have one gunshot wound? Like she was shot in the head? Well, I'll get there. No, she doesn't. She has multiple. um, That's Because I'm thinking, is she like literally being chased by this person and like trying to get out? That's exactly what happened. So they found, so they find bullet holes and blood going from the front door to the back door. This large pool of blood and areas of blood at the back door. And then they find bloody footprints leading from the back door into the kitchen. So going away from the back door and into the kitchen. Anna's autopsy revealed that she had been shot three times in the back and then once in the head. And the shot in the head was what ultimately killed her. So her being shot in the back, they were not um, the cause of her death. They could have potentially been causes, but she was still alive. It was pieced together based on the evidence that whoever killed Anna did exactly what you just said. She had let them in the front door. They must have pulled a gun on her and she started running towards the back door to get away, to escape. She was shot at multiple times and ultimately hit three times in the back as she was running away. And she actually made it to the back door because that's where they found those large pools of blood and all the smears and handprints trying to get out the back door. But whoever was chasing her, whoever was attacking her, got there right before she was able to get out Mm. and escape and drug her back into the kitchen where they shot her execution style in the back of the head, which ultimately killed her. Goodness. So this happened very quickly, but was very gruesome. Mm -hmm. The weapon was determined to have been a nine millimeter pistol based on the shell casings. Interestingly, a couple of months before this had happened, there had been a robbery very close by to Anna's home where two white males had broken into a retired police officer's home and had stolen all of his weapons, all of his guns, including several nine millimeter pistols. So they had no idea who had done this robbery. And again, these are very small towns, small safe towns. So local law enforcement had this robbery in the back of their head. And they're thinking, are these related? Is this criminal the same criminal? And could these nine millimeters possibly be what what Anna was shot with? So Anna's friends and her family gather outside on the property in shock And disbelief and police begin looking into potential suspects. They got a list of all of Anna's friends and who she hung out with from her parents and they began interviewing people immediately. Mm -hmm. Anna's new boyfriend, Nate, is immediately questioned that day. Immediately, right? Because it's always, they always question the boyfriend. Or the husband. (laughs) Right. And the day that Anna was killed was actually his birthday. So his birthday was February 14th. Nate reported that he had been there around 2 a.m. the night before. Valentine's Day. It's the day after Valentine's Day, yeah. (laughs) Um, So he reported that he had been there until really late the night before, that he had texted with her briefly after he left, but that he hadn't heard from her since then. He lived with his parents. He had slept in that morning and woke up and went to the gym around 11 a.m. So technically, his alibi during the time of the murder, which was between 9 and 10, was that he was asleep. So not a great alibi, but Nate was very distraught. He was very cooperative. 
He had no gun. There was no evidence linking him to the murder. So they let him go but and continued questioning other people, you know, still with the side eye. Mm-hmm. They questioned her ex-boyfriends. They didn't find that any of them were connected at all with the murder. They questioned all of her friends. They questioned all of her friends' boyfriends, their siblings, anyone that she hung out with regularly. And then Rhonda the Honda was found. (gasps) It had been driven and left in a nearby grocery store parking lot. Winn-Dixie specifically. It was in the Winn-Dixie because you know Wetumpka has a (laughs) Winn-Dixie. They immediately take the car in for processing and fingerprint it. And they collect samples of anything in the car. They cigarette butts, old water bottles, fabric, full forensic is taken on this car. They also hold a memorial service for Anna Catherine. And there were so many people in attendance for this girl that it was standing room only. Oh, my God. So everybody in town came out. What town is that? Wetumpka. Everybody in Wetumpka, and her headstone reads, what a beautiful difference her life made, which I just thought was so sweet and really wanted to add in there. So during the course of the police's investigation and questioning of all of Anna's friends and acquaintances, they keep hearing this one name over and over again, Josh Kasperi. Josh was the 22-year-old boyfriend of... Anna's friend, Lacey. Uh-huh. Josh was the older one who used to buy him beer uh-huh. sometimes. Right. Josh lived nearby with a roommate named Cody, and he had a somewhat of a toxic on-and-off-again relationship with Anna's friend, Lacey. And Anna was not exactly Josh's biggest fan. Mm. Josh was kind of a gym rat, He was a want-to-be meathead, and he was known to have a very hot temper. He could be quite controlling and just hot-headed. And he and Lacey didn't have a real healthy relationship. They had dated for quite a few months, and Anna would try to help Lacey and talk to Josh when they were having problems and kind of step in the middle and referee a little bit. And it had gotten to the point where Anna had just started telling Lacey that she needed to get away from Josh, that it wasn't Mm -hmm. safe for her, that she was worried about her. She didn't like them together. She was being a good friend. She was trying to be a good friend. Now, Josh really loved Lacey. This was the love of his life, as he would say, I think. And he saw Anna Catherine as a friend of his as well. And he, this was quite a betrayal to him that to find out that Anna would say to Lacey, you need to quit with him. You need to get away. So these are young adults. They're in a very tight-knit group, and it was pretty known that Josh and Anna were beefing at this time. And so her her friends are telling the police this. So the police start looking into Josh. They interview first Josh's mom. Josh's mom tells investigators that she was with Josh the morning of February 15th. Sometime before noon that day, Josh had called her and said he needed a ride. So she had said, okay, I'll come pick you up. Where do you want me to pick you up? And he asked to be picked up. At Winn-Dixie? At the Winn-Dixie. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. So <laughs> that's right where Anna's car had been left. So then the police interviewed Josh's roommate, Cody. Cody reports that in the early mornings of February 15th that he had also been with Josh. Josh had also asked him for a ride. 
Josh asked Cody to drive him out in the country to some random place and dropped him off on the side of the road. Cody said he had no idea what Josh was doing, why he was going there, what he was planning. He thought it was weird, but he was like, okay, buddy, I'll do whatever you want. So when Cody took investigators out to where he had dropped Josh off, it was right on the Cardwell property, right on Anna's property. It was hidden, but it had a clear view of Anna's house, Hmm. the driveway specifically. Mm -hmm. So the police get a search warrant and search Josh's home. In his home, they find illegal steroids, over $20,000 in cash, and approximately 30 guns, including multiple 9 millimeters, all of which were the guns that were reported to have been stolen by the retired police officer in the home evasion invasion a few months earlier. They were also able to confirm that one of the 9mm pistols was in fact the murder weapon, and they also found Josh's fingerprints in Rhonda the Honda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Josh is going down. Mm-hmm. Things do not look good for him. And you know, I was thinking when I was researching this case too, that I bet Josh really wishes that he had used some of that $20,000 in cash to buy a car. Because the whole reason why he was caught is because he kept having to ask people for rides. <laughs> he had to have the roommate drop him off so he could stock the house. Then he had to have the mama pick him up at the Winn-Dixie. Probably yeah. should have brought a car. And he had to steal hers to get away from exactly. <laughs> exactly. So before they formally charge Josh, they want to see if they can get any information out of him. They want to see if he'll confess mm-hmm. to tell him what happened. So they just bring him in. They just bring him in for questioning, so he thinks. And I watched the, his interview, and no joke, when they first bring him into the interrogation room, he's by himself. He's in handcuffs by himself. And he looks in the mirror and flexes his muscle. Oh, and Lord then sits down. Mm. <laughs> That's gross. It's just yeah, Whack total want to be meathead, like you said earlier. Yes. So at first, they just questioned Josh about this robbery, the home invasion where all the guns were stolen, and he admits to robbing this man. He admits to taking all of his guns, and he said he did it because he just loves guns. And it was pretty stupid. Yeah. Oh, okay. But then they start asking him about Anna. And at first he says he knows nothing about it, that he liked Anna. They were good friends. But as they press him further and press him, they tell him, we know. We know you were involved. Mm -hmm. So then he starts talking. Josh said that he was going over to Anna's house to confront her. Hmm. He was upset that she was getting in between him and Lacey because he loved Lacey and just couldn't live without her. And Anna was in his way. And so he sat in the woods and watched the home until Anna's mom left. Because that's what you normally do whenever you're going to talk to your friend. But he says that he wanted them to be alone. Oh, my. What To talk. So he rang the doorbell. And when he rang the doorbell, he was very upset. And he was crying. And he said that he thinks he might have freaked Anna out. And so she reached for his gun. And it accidentally discharged. And she was shot. So the police Wait, but, are like, but she was not shot in the front. No, she wasn't. She was ever. shot three times in the and back. And she would have been if she was reaching for the gun and it actually, 
accidentally yes. went off. It's, he, okay. Yes. Okay. That's mm-hmm. what they're like. You're a bad liar, Josh. Right. Mm-hmm. She was shot three times in the back, once in the head. There's blood everywhere. Try again. Try again. But it doesn't really matter what he says. He can this this get, trying to get him to confess was just a cherry on top of the mm-hmm. guilty cake because they already had plenty of evidence to arrest him. They knew he killed Anna Catherine. So he was arrested and charged with first-degree murder and charges related to that robbery, the home invasion that he confessed to steal on all the guns. He at first pled not guilty, and he was facing the death penalty case. Mm. But then in October of 2013, he changed his mind and took a plea deal to avoid the death penalty and pled guilty to the murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Mm-hmm. And that is where he is to this day. Interestingly, he tried to escape from prison twice. <laughs> what? <laughs> With the help of his sister and another girl. And both of them, his sister and this other girl that tried to help him escape, got caught and they served time in prison. Yeah, I imagine. One of the uh, ways that they tried to help him was they tried to sneak saw blades into the prison to help him escape. I don't know what the plan what, was. It, like there. baked in a cake? <laughs> no, no, no. I think they had to pay another inmate somehow. There was another inmate involved. It was a, a bad plan. Wow. Cody, Josh's roommate, he was also arrested for the armed robbery of the retired police officer and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Oh, but I was going to ask if he was involved in that, like if he knew those. He stuff. was never charged in connection with Anna's death. Mm-hmm. But um, remember, the retired police officer had said that the robbery was two men. Right. And so Cody was the other one that um, had. So he was actively involved in that crime. A few years after Anna Catherine's murder, her mom, Paula, opened up a restaurant in Anna's memory called Anna's Place, which is Mm. across from the high school that Anna attended. And I looked him up. They're a Southern restaurant and they serve favorites like black eyed peas, squash casserole, deviled eggs, and anything fried. You can think of fried steak, fried catfish, fried green tomatoes. And I got kind of hungry reading the menu. Mm -hmm. So that is still in business. And there are a lot of memorabilia around the restaurant that are dedicated to Anna. And um, her mother, Paula, has remained in the home because she said that Josh had taken enough from her and he was not going to take their home, their dream dream home. So the family stayed there. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So if you're ever in Wetumpka, go to to Annie's place. place. Anna's place, sorry. Anna Catherine. I was just going to say, are we adding Wetumpka on the list of places to (laughs) visit? I don't know. Apparently, it's up and coming because Aaron and Ben Napier talked about it. True. It's going to become a touristy Alabama town. No kidding. Wow. Weird case, right? Yes. Isn't it terrible how he's just this random person in her circle? I mean, they were friends, but not really. He was her friend's boyfriend. Right. And all and she was wasn't trying very to do nice. was, <laughs> No, no, he wasn't. And all she was trying to do is be a good friend to both right. of them, really. Yeah. But yeah. 
gosh, what a, what a douche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, I hope like some people, if there's any Alabama listeners, go to Wotumpka. Go to any place. <laughs> Tell Send them we sent pick. you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Send a pic. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Because that, I mean, we've got, we've been to Alabama a couple of times and I, I don't even, I don't think we were near Montgomery though. Because how far did you say it was from there? Or you didn't say? It's that, right that outside just... Montgomery. It's only like 25 uh, minutes outside of Montgomery. Huh. So it's not right. far. Right, right. You know what I was also thinking as you were talking? Well, number one, when you said you were going to say Watumka a million times, I kept thinking, <laughs> Maybe we should do a giveaway and say, do we have anything to give away? Like, guess how many times Beth said Wetumpka? <laughs> we <episode>. should. Um, <laughs> Not I guess. I mean, we can always find times. something to give away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. We'll decide that at a later date or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or do we want to decide that? <laughs> we could totally do it. <laughs> well. How many times did Beth? Or actually, not just Beth, because I said it a couple times too. How many times was Wotumpka said? <laughs> At least 15. In this I want to guess. Should I say it a cup Wotumpka? <laughs> um, so that was one of the things I was thinking. I was writing notes as you were talking. And the, the, um, the shell casings. Yes. Shell casings are always found at scenes, and it always boggles my mind. Sorry, I just dropped my pencil. Um, why, why they leave them there? Why yeah. any person leaves them there? I mean, I guess the bullets that they could take from the victims would also be the same evidence to link a gun, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the casing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they can even... I, th- I think they can even... ID a gun based on it going, the markings that the bullet makes going into right. the bullet wounds can even ID a gun, I think, because every oh. gun has its own specific sort of like a fingerprint. It's like a mm. grooves and things like that from when it comes out of the barrel. Mm-hmm. So I think if they have a bullet, they can ID a gun. They don't even need the shell casing. I mean, they, they can also use the shell cating, casing for the same reason, for those grooves right. and specific markings, but even a bullet will do it. I mean, we've heard people in crimes where they don't want the gun to be ID'd, so they remove the bullet right, right. from people's well, yeah. bodies because that can ID a gun for sure. Right. That was a Lindsay Cutsroll and Jason case. That guy thought about removing it exactly. in the end, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. It is interesting. Yeah, there's so it lots doesn't of really ways you can get caught. Don't commit crimes. Just don't kill yeah. people. The, his, your best bet is to get rid of the gun. But he didn't. And in his specific situation, they all of these other guns were stolen from that one guy. Right. So he would have been caught either way, with or yeah, without I was gonna say, the even gun. Even if I think. he got rid of that gun and he kept all, he'd have to get rid of that whole lot of guns. Mm-hmm, which he was not going to do because he liked right. guns. He liked them. Yeah, he locked guns. I really locked them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. It's ridiculous. He's like, oh, no, that was stupid. I just locked guns. <laughs> when, if I go watch that, are you going to sound just like him? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. It was a pleasure. Oh, was, my gosh. Wow. Well, go watch I mean, him flex his muscles. <laughs> yes. Go watch <laughs> a documentary. Go to Wetumpka. Go to Anna's place. Yeah. 
And oh. Candace, thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank case. you very much. It was a good it was case. A, yes, good case. Interesting one. Awful, because it's a young, another young one that was like, just for essentially no reason. Like, he's mad that she doesn't want her friend to date him anymore. Come yeah, on. Ridiculous. Yeah, awful. But Very tragic. Anyways, we hope you liked it. And if you do, keep listening. Send your friends. Like and review. Or rate and review, not like and review. Rate and review. Subscribe. Give us. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> subscribe. I Like, a friend texted me the other day and was like, I just subscribed to your podcast. I'm like, that's amazing. Thank you. You know, like. <laughs> it's getting serious when our friends have started to listen, I think. Because <laughs> I, I tell stories about them sometimes. And then now, before, nobody no. really listened. Now our friends are starting to listen now. So. we got to be careful. <laughs> We're telling stories yep. about these people that are listening. Now. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, subscribe and rate and review us because we really, we enjoy seeing them and it helps us. So do it and send people our way and check out our merch sometime. You know, I mean, we haven't plugged that, I guess, in a little bit. And stay tuned. We may have a giveaway. I know. Watumpka. We'll officially. Let's see if they get that last one. If they're know, still right? listening, exactly. then you they're the real deal. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll label it the Watumpka giveaway. <laughs> anyway, so stay tuned for that. We'll see. We'll see if we uh, post that on social media this week. So anyways, thanks for listening. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets. <laughs>